Coming up on episode 27, DL and Sven try to see who can put the other to sleep first with these albums. That's that's coming up next. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Verse Course Verse. With me is Sven. Say something, Knutson. Sven, say something. Something, 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 something. I'm not giving up on you. (laughs) Do you remember long ago in episode 24 when I started it with telling you not to speak and now I'm telling you to say something? I feel like there's something to that. Something. Episode 27 (laughs) tonight. We are doing a good old fashioned album review. I gave Sven an album. Sven gave me an album that we both enjoy and we're going to discuss them. How are things other than, you know, podcast stuff with you. Uh, you are on a uh, vacation, right? Vacation, which is awesome. McCall, Idaho. Y- anyone that hasn't been to Idaho, um, <sighs> shh, shh. Uh, Sven. don't come because it's yeah. horrible. <laughs> McCall is a shithole. I don't know what you're talking about. Tigers and bears roaming the street, snatching children. Just don't come here. You can't afford to, to live in McCall anyway. Yeah, you can't. You, you, <laughs> You definitely can't afford to live in Idaho anywhere. It's shitty because around this time every year, I am typically in McCall doing a, a family reunion for about a week. Right. I thought we, we were going to get to do we this, were, like, I know. you know, we were supposed face to, to, but in I, person, I had a on location. bit of a family emergency. There are some health issues that are keeping people. Mm-hmm. It just didn't make sense this year. Hopefully, I feel like starting next year, we need to start doing an annual summer McCall verse chorus verse. When I go up, there's at least one at least one day that we rent a giant pontoon boat, a fifteen person pontoon boat, get out on the lake, and there's battery power. We could totally do this floating. My God, we could have a flotilla. My God, this could be this could be epic. Could be epic. Summer 2022. Once we once uh, we get rich with all of our sponsors, we will. Uh, yes, we'll just buy McCall. You think that if like enough people bought enough hats and t-shirts and stickers, we could buy a boat? Like, well, how much does a boat cost? Well, anything's possible. I think it's that's like. That's only like a couple hundred like hats or something. Yeah. Can somebody please go buy 200 hats? I don't think that would cover it at all, but no. I don't know. We might get close. What? Maybe we just priced the hats wrong. <laughs> somebody bought 200 hats. I think my hat guy would be like, uh, we have a problem, dude. <laughs> <laughs> We're just doing a regular old review today. Just so a, let's yeah. do it. Before we get hmm. to that, though, we need to discuss... Uh, the most important part of the night, which is what are we drinking? Sven, what are you drinking tonight? Good God, I feel like I've been drinking all night. Um, we kind of have. So, well, okay. I, I, you know what? I'll start. So, this is yeah. the second half. We did a double episode tonight. We've never done this before. We're trying it. It's actually working out okay. Shh. Sorry, I'm giving this secret. People aren't supposed to know. You're giving away secrets. <laughs> because of that, I've been sticking to lighter stuff. And this right. episode, I am drinking some Schoferhofer Hefeweizen grapefruit. I feel uh, like you're cussing at me in Maybe German. I am. I don't know. It is... You just called me a shithead or it, something. It is very grapefruity, which I love grapefruit. Maybe a little too sweet, mm. but it's light, which is what I needed. Um, what about you, Sven? What are you drinking? Well, I got a couple of choices. Mm. Maybe you can help me pick. I will. I got this awesome, this awesome French... La, um, la, la Croix, La Croix, La, la Croix. If you drink a La Croix right now, I'm quitting the podcast. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, then. <laughs> wait, wait. Is there vodka in it? That's for another episode because there's an album coming your way. <laughs> you just gave me an album to send you. Um, uh oh. Um, Payette Brewing has this Charlie Imperial IPA that I'm contemplating maybe then since the La Croix is... is it, but this is a 9.5. Uh, oh 9.5 my God. ABV. So we need to hurry up. <laughs> it's that? Because once you open that... Or do I... <laughs> we got about 15. Do I just oh, go with Oh, we got like, a Modelo Negro. Yeah. Mm. Which I, I feel like... You know what? Isn't this your first night of vacation? Uh, sure. Break out that 9.8. Oh! That's, that's my boy. I like... Yeah. This is why we're like great friends right here. <laughs> Whenever I want to make a bad decision, I just have to ask David. And he's like, here we go. Do it. 
S H A R L I E. Charlie Imperial Charlie? IPA. I wonder where that name comes from. What's funny, I just now noticed on the back of this here, um, something about the folklore as an unofficial symbol of McCall, Idaho. Holy shit, Payette Lake. Oh, uh, oh the, the sea the monster. Lake monster. Oh, shit. Is named Charlie. And we just. And I'm going to McCall. We were just talking about McCall. Well, this is Kismet if I've ever heard it. That's crazy. Fuck. All right, cheers for helping yeah. me pick the right here. Here's beer. to Charlie. May Charlie. she forever stay uncaught. All right, so that's what we're drinking tonight. <laughs> Which this double episode—that was like the whole episode, right there, right? This double like, episode might have been a huge mistake. Does anyone Sven. care about the music at this point? <laughs> All you people that like to hear us drunk are in for a treat. Oh. We are going to take a quick break, and then we are going to talk a couple albums. We'll be right back. Sometimes, like, I okay, like, I, I had one person that I know that listens be like, You really, you guys have one drink and you really get that drunk? Because we, we announce our one, you know, our drink, but yes, I do. I do really get that drunk from one drink because I chase it with like four or five PBRs. Drinks. And that's not counting the beer that we drink before. And we typically don't start recording till 10 o'clock Sven's time. So he's, I'm sure he's had a couple before then. And mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're only human, you know? What are you, stop judging. I've been accused of, yeah, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is gonna be a fun one, dude. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. For this week, I gave Sven parachutes by Coldplay. Parachutes by Coldplay. How surprising to you was it if it was that David gave you a Coldplay album? The surprising part is that you gave me a Coldplay album. I I I guess I feel like that's exactly what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Only because when I think of David albums or when I think of David artists and bands and songwriting... Okay, no, actually, you know what? You know what? After the last episode, uh, no, I I can kind of see how we got here because to me, Coldplay, I actually got to know Coldplay a lot more after Parachutes. So I hadn't listened to this full album. I'll admit that I was one of those people that hopped on the bandwagon with like Vita La Vida. So a couple after this one. Yeah. And to me, Coldplay's whole thing, the way the songs come together, it's very loop based. Yeah. I feel like it's really obvious, but I also think that there's some people that wouldn't pick up on it. I was kind of hoping that's where you came onto them because this is so different than any of their other stuff. It's different, but I also feel like I hear the Coldplay sound. Yeah. If you didn't tell me who this was, I would right away know it's Coldplay. Well, Chris Martin is such a distinctive voice. And yeah. That falsetto. Mm-hmm. I wish I was that smooth when I switched to... Fa- I mean... And, and not to say that his head voice isn't like... It's such a warm... Like, if I try to sound like that, it gets all nasally. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I am very surprised that you gave me any Coldplay. I'm very happy you gave me Parachutes. So this was year 2000. This was their first, right? Yes. Yeah. This was their debut album. To me, it's very different than their other stuff. The album that came out with After This still had a lot of that that same sort of stuff. But so all I don't like Coldplay. I don't. But it's this really weird give and take because where I don't like Coldplay at all, and I, I think there's a lot of people like me that are like that, I see them as the the less thoughtful Radiohead and ah. the second version of U2 yes. now. They're this big British anthem, whatever. Yes. This album is a completely different entity to me. I love this album. Yes. This is, obviously, I gave it to you, but I just view this album as a completely different thing. The first thing I did when I started listening to this was fucking panic because I thought that my right side speaker output... <laughs> blue really well because don't don't panic start all on the left side it's panned left or else really i have an issue i need to go just that first guitar yeah guitar number one starts out panned hard left and then a couple bars in guitar number two comes in on the right side and then things make sense and get really cool because they're playing different rhythms yes but complementary rhythms. I mean, that's how you get that huge guitar because they blend into one guitar. Mm-hmm. 
after that and it gives it this really full like encompassing surround sound yeah. thing i don't know the name of their their guitar i i, I don't know what the name of any of their like other than chris the electric guitar that then goes right down the middle of those two yeah are you talking about the the one note yeah. the and that's a thing with this album i feel like that guitar that does the one note thing and it always is the perfect note. Yes. And uh, there's one point we'll get to where it's it's seriously, it's the fucking perfect note. We'll get to that later. This album is so good at having, it's a very basic concept that's been in rock forever in the rhythm guitar with lead guitar pointing out specific notes. This album makes that a little more complex, Mm -hmm. and it's done so fucking well. Very much. It's done so well, especially with Chris Martin's vocals blending in with the high notes of the... I don't really want to call it lead guitar, but I think you know what I'm saying, though. Well, I I would call it a lead. You know what the lead guitar reminds me of? is a band that we're both really familiar with. I credit this sound to them Although I have absolutely no backing support that they came up with it. And I'm sure that there's other bands that could lay claim to the sound because it's so popular. Modest Mouse does it. Minus the Bear does it. Built to Spill. Built to Spill. You knew where (laughs) I was going with this, right? That echoey, spacey hits the note you're supposed to hear. And then everything that comes after the initial attack is like this ambient. It's the total keep it like a secret carry the zero type of yeah yeah yeah, you're absolutely right absolutely yeah you you get it and i always come back to that because that was my first experience with that 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 effect leaving themselves plenty of room to grow shiver the next song this is one of i think three songs there's there's several that are in the six eight (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. Uh meter And that's one of my favorite places to go because six, eight to me always has opportunities to either build to like some cool epic thing or keep it like really intricate and delicate. I just, the decisions they make for the specific instruments and that sort of thing are so good. And that's really prominent in Shiver when they get into the bridge and he's doing the I wanted to change and change for good. And the guitar's doing this. It's fucking A. It's so well put together. It's so well structured. Yeah. Arpeggios with like, again, his voice is undeniably unique. It's beautiful. Like it's he's got that kind of London-y yeah. I, I don't want to keep comparing him to Radiohead, but he's got that York kind of real light. When we did Kid A, you said it a lot. He's almost like a vulnerable. Yes. I think I prefer Chris's falsetto a little bit more. This isn't a minus on Radiohead. It's just something about Chris's falsetto, the way it blends in and out of his head voice so seamlessly. I I don't know. I wish I could do that. Chris's is prettier. It is. It's prettier and it's so like the volume level. And this could just be a lot of like really good mixing perhaps like the sound engineers but like when he goes to his falsetto you can't, you mix can't that that's i mean you can but when somebody can break into falsetto yeah it's it's so seamless and sweet, like the so i think the biggest example of that is yellow yes his falsetto jumps in yellow his breaks are impeccable yeah and that i think is just a skill he displays over and over and over and over uh not just on this album but that fucking braggart unique. I mean, yeah. that's how I know I'm listening to Coldplay too. I feel like spies is one of those that like, I don't know what the effect is exactly on the guitar. At first I thought it was tremolo, but I know it's not, it's tremolo. not a tremolo because it's more like a volume. Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. it's doing a tremolo thing, but instead of it's, this album is so well produced. It is. And well arranged. Chris Allison. Chris Allison is the producer who also d- produced for the Beta Band, who I fucking love oh. the Beta Band. I don't I don't know if you know them or not, but I love the Beta Band. Everything sounds so simple yes. on this album. Yes. But to an ear that knows what they're looking for, this shit is not simple at all. They've carved out enough space for every instrument that it doesn't try to cramp on the instrument next to it. It doesn't, everything has its own little space in the mix. Well put. 
we were doing our quick fire reviews a while back and we were talking about the garbage album, the no yeah. gods, no monsters. Yeah. You had this really good line about how whoever produced it, whoever mixed it, every single time the drums need to be, they're huge. When the guitars are there, they're huge. There is no specific instrument that is ever going to drown out the other instrument. That's a lot of fucking work. It is. It's not easy. Oh, shit. Who is their producer? Because I have it up here. Chris Allison. Uh, I just said it. Chris? Pay attention. Chris Allison. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Hey. I'm... In case you haven't noticed, I'm drinking like a fucking nine point whatever. I don't even I don't even know numbers. We gotta speed this up before you can even talk. I don't fucking know numbers right now. What song are we talking about? So like backing way up here, like I feel like this is one of those albums where the band has had so much time to get to know each other musically. Maybe the band is doing a lot of this heavy lifting and not the mix engineer and the producer. Yeah, totally. A lot of bands, they play together for years before their first album. Mm -hmm. After their first major release, the pressure's on. They got to come out with one every year or something like that, every 18 months or whatever. Debut albums to me are kind of like, okay, this is this is where like you haven't had a label riding your ass and you haven't had the pressure of... We need to put out something now to stay relevant. So you potentially have had years to craft how you blend together. And yeah. I feel like this this album is so well blended. One of our first episodes we talked about, when you come out with your first album, it's typically like a 10-year greatest hits of, of yeah. songs you've been working on since you were 15. Yeah, the struggle of when music becomes a product. I already knew Yellow. I think the whole world knew Yellow. Yeah. Uh, Everybody knows Yellow. Yeah. I don't really have a lot of notes on that because I feel like everyone already has talked or knows this one to death other than like, yeah, this is a catchy one. Like as far as this whole album, I feel like this is, this is the one that rightfully so is one that I I feel like is like the mainstream big thing. I've heard it. The only thing I have to Um, say about it is I'm going to be extremely biased because this is actually my mom and I's song. So David and Elaine, yeah. Elaine, how are you doing? I actually, yeah, you, dude, you have you have one of the coolest madres ever. The fact that she let us set up like a band in her living room, yeah, didn't, like we used to have never, concerts in my living room in your yeah your house. Never mm-hmm. once told us to shut the f up and why are we the making opposite. so much noise? And yeah, no, I think they were. She was a fan. Right, she was yeah. a supporter. Uh, damn, I have some beer for you. Thank you for edit that out, David. Um, edit that out. Let's not get Elaine in trouble. I don't think it makes any sense why I love this album. I don't know if maybe I heard this album, I loved it, and that just curbed my appetite for all the music like this. Yeah, because after that started to get all the the Death Cab for Cuties and the all that sort of stuff. Well. I liked Death Cab for Cutie's first album too, but once I get past that first album, I don't like any of this shit. Right. This album, anytime I even think about this album, it makes me happy and it makes me just want to listen to the whole thing. It doesn't make any sense to me. I kind of see where some elements in this probably speak to you. Same with me. Like, there's a familiarity with it, even though other than Yellow and maybe, I don't know, I, I want to say there's one other song maybe. I swear, I hadn't listened to this album, but it has this very familiar feel as you're listening to it. You feel like this is something you've known. It uses a lot of the same sounds and effects of other bands that I fell in love with. I already mentioned like Built to Spill, and like a homecoming kind of a thing. Something about trouble yeah, being tangled up and not... I don't know, there's just something... Uh, I felt like I could relate I to. I keep going back to it. Trouble's one of the ones that there's structure to it. A mechanical monkey could play the drums. Yeah. It's the type of music that I usually aggressively dislike and I just like it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know if it's this album or if they do, they're do. they doing something with their sound I can't pinpoint that others don't do. I don't know. What the fuck is the title track? Because it feels like it's like... This is Coldplay's version of an album. Sketch. Like 40 seconds. Yeah. I'm going to be a, a, have a major spoiler here. Okay. That's my favorite song on the album. Of course it is. <laughs> the guitar piece is resolving into his 
loving you always and going into that minor yeah and then back to the major yeah i the only thing that i hate about the song that i wish they he would just keep doing the same thing over and over because i want to listen to it for three minutes i'm just weird man you know what i'm just weird okay you know what it reminded me of i know you've done this and i've i've done that too you know when you write something and you're like, this is such a fucking thing. But it's it's literally like one thing. And you're like, this is not a song. It's like a paragraph. Yes. But damn, it's so good. I can't just not do something with it. That's what it feels like. High speed, weird name. Not that high speed. <laughs> Probably one of my favorite okay. songs. I can't put my finger on why. But I found myself really gravitating towards high speed and listening to it over and over and over with absolutely like I don't I didn't take notes. That's the thing. I could see you liking that because it's got this kind of flighty. It's not arpeggio, but it's got that. Mm-hmm. You like that kind of work. You like that instrumental work. Then they tried to put me to sleep right after that. They try to do that a lot. They do. They're good at like comforting, cozy music, but like we never change. Oh, damn. This one. I don't know that I actually got past the feel of the song to actually like dig in and listen to the lyrics or anything. I was just like, this, I need some, I need some Red Bull. Do you think that what it is about this is how good they are? I am figuring out that I am a huge sucker for it, but they are so good at resolving from minor to major. Yeah, they do. They do it almost every single song. And I'm realizing that as we're talking about it song by song. That all the little hooks and the nooks and crannies and the bridges, they're all these minors giving way to major. Dude. Where there is this kind that of... That is a oh, sneaky man. technique. Yeah, that is sneaky. That Yeah, I think you're yeah. right, actually. I kind of want to go listen to everything through again. <laughs> that lends itself to like that why I walk away from every track feeling like it's an old track that I'm familiar with. We figured with. you out, Coldplay. Coldplay. Lots of echo, guitar, reverb with one note, (laughs) and then ah, resolution. That's very U2 of them. Very. Everything is not lost has that single note guitar to me in this song is more genius than any other time they use it. It's bluesy, it's hopeful, and then that single electric guitar it's a cool way to build tension with just one instrument after yeah the release makes it this like sus it's exactly yeah 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 totally yeah. totally 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 yeah and it's it's just it's so clever i don't know it's not that i no, it is it's clever you can call it clever all it's the clever. music theory people are like yeah this is this is yeah that's exactly it's just... it but like okay <laughs> it, it, fuck you because this is clever um yeah and yes it adds up when you do the math you can manipulate the listener's emotion and headspace and perspective. So that's that. Let's do some awards. Cause All right. yeah, let's do I'm, the I'm David to... Crosby meh album review. Uh, I'm excited to get to these I'm albums so and rewards. I want to hear your rating. I was really interested to see what you thought about this album and I'm interested to see what you rate it. Eddie gave this one out of five stars and it's a terrible debut for Eddie. a terrible band. That's it. Coldplay sucks. End of story. Maybe it's me, but I just can't stand this. Coldplay is probably the dullest band I've ever heard. I mean, it makes 50 cents the massacre sound like public enemies. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. What the fuck? Why the hell people think this lame excuse of making intelligent and honest music is good? I... I don't, I don't know get what that, that sentence. Yeah, is that Chris even a Martin sentence? is a god-awful vocalist. The musicianship is lame. The lyrics are senseless. This, it sounds more innocent than all the other mainstream shit doesn't make it any better. I'd rather listen to myself throwing up instead of this pile of dog shit. (laughs) Plus, they completely ripped off Radiohead, which I'm not a big fan of either, but at least I have respect for them. How can you call this original? Have you ever heard about Iron Maiden, Dream Theater, Meshuggah, or Opeth? I honestly can't say anything good about this waste of plastic. Do yourself a favor and buy some Opeth. (laughs) Iron Maiden, Public Enemy, Dream Theater, Snoop Dogg, Led Zeppelin, Ice Cube, Deep Purple, Depeche Mode, etc. (laughs) Burn in Hell, Chris Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. So this guy very clearly has his 15 artists. That's it. That's it for him. Dog shit. (laughs) 
and everything else. Wow. Well, yeah, at first, I thought we had like a discussion point when he jumped genres, like comparing this. Like, well, this is like when I, I don't even remember now. Like, I already forgot. No, like, it was just, rent. Oh, yeah, 50 Cent to Public Enemy. What the? F- I don't even know what he just said. I, I honestly, <laughs> I don't holy either. shit. Influences and influences. I, I hear a lot of British rock. Yeah. The kind of the soft British rock influences is like everybody that came after all of the, I already said death cab for cutie, all that kind of postal service and who I think that's death cab for cutie too. Emo. Hip, what gets- hipster emo. Yeah. Yeah. Fine wine or skunk beer. Oh, what do you think Sven? Part of me, I've got a foot in each side here. Like part of me I thinks fine wine just just because, A, like to me, this still establishes a pretty definitive Coldplay sound, even mm-hmm. though it evolves a bit through future albums. Yellow is going to be a song that even when they're not a band anymore. Coldplay, oh yeah, that Yellow song. So the only thing that makes it fine wine to me is if you, this sounds stupid, but if you can just look at it as its own album. The problem is, is that people like me, when I don't think about this album, and I hadn't thought about this album for like five years I don't like Coldplay. Right. And I that's in my head. Coldplay annoys the shit out of me. And then all of a sudden I see this album pop up on Instagram or something and it's, oh shit. So it's fine wine in the sense that this is such a good album, but it's skunk beer in that it's Coldplay. So I don't know. Never mind the Bullocks Award. I am saying a resounding yes. Me personally, I think this is by far their best album. No contest. Uh, but what about you? Oh, it's starting to win me over. I maybe need to play it a few more times. My my favorite, just because it was probably my first exposure really to a full album, was Vita La Vida. I definitely like that album. This one is creeping up. Potentially, I could see it overtaking it. John Paul Jones Award, would you add, take away? Anything Doug like Marsh that? come play up with them because that'd be, I mean, I already kind of, I feel like it's cheating. I feel like I'm... Ah, that's okay. I'm going to take yours. I could say that to like a lot of bands. Me just too. Like, yeah, just throw Doug Marsh in there I think we're and just gonna, be happy. Yeah. John yeah. Popper Award. Do you have a best hook? Um, Yellow. Yeah, that's a good hook. I'm going to say We're All Spies. I really like that. Eddie Van Halen Award. I already talked about it, but I think the drums in Don't Panic are mm-hmm. brilliant and understated and perfect and awesome. That's, that's what I'm saying. For me, it's anytime that there's that guitar the single note thing yeah that thing surfer rosa award i if anything it's a top heavy album but i don't it's not necessarily a top heavy album i don't think it's really a surfer rosa award do you i don't think it is barely i don't know the to me like the most recognizable is like dead in the middle yeah Uh, like yellow is time of your life award do you have a least favorite song parachutes wow wow this is where we differ, my I friend. I don't know. Like, it just feels like, like an incomplete Which thought. Which I totally see and understand. I think mine is high speed. It's boring and it just doesn't mm. doesn't really go anywhere for me. That was my runner-up. What are your three favorite songs on the album? Uh, number three, Don't Panic. Uh, number two, Sparks. Some how floaty it is. And then Shiver, actually. To me, Shiver, maybe it's just the intro, but it has just the right energy. My top three, my number three is Don't Panic. Mm. My number two is Shiver. And it's not just the intro. That whole song yeah. is so well-structured. Every single part, the bridge to the chorus, the beginning of the song, which is actually the chorus, just without vocals, that song's fucking brilliant. It is. So we're extremely similar, yeah. except for your least favorite song is my favorite song, which is Parachutes. <laughs> it's just this little beautiful clip of something perfect. I want there to be more of it, but at the same time, I'm like, is, does more of it mean it's going to be worse? And yeah. I don't know. And then honorable mention to Yellow because it's Yellow. Know, I love my mom. And who won the album? I'm going to say everybody that wanted a Radiohead light. That's who won hmm. this album. I'm going to say the color yellow. Very rarely has yellow been so... Never gets it. Maybe like Never. Big Bird. Yeah. That's about it. Rate the album, Sven. What do you got? I'm going to stick with a very simple scale of 10 this time. And I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. All right. Samesies. Hey. I'm giving it 8 out of 10. What the hell happened to Cold Plays? It's not perfect. I can see where people even wouldn't like mm-hmm. it, but I very much dig this album. And that's that's Parachutes. Yeah. Hopefully you guys 
Let us know where you agree and disagree. Cause I get the feeling that there are probably some really, really specific emotions and thoughts. I, I feel like people would be passionate one way or the other about this album. Yeah. So let us know. Let's take a break and then let's do our second album of the night. Ooh-hoo-hoo. back and i have given david uh, uh an album from 2014 by a great big world called is there anybody out there, is there anybody out not there? to be confused <laughs> how weird is it that we've done 20 how have we not seven done floyd episodes spend huh? and we have we haven't touched anything on floyd how have we not uma guma has to come Which, up as like and a, a sub question yeah. how responsible is pink floyd for our what's a good word to mix friendship and musicianship mm. Transitionship. The Mount Rushmore for our muse music. What did we just say? <laughs> Something. Frampton. I'm gonna say what? it's Rage Against the Machine, Pink Floyd, Dave Matthews Band, and Muse. With like some chili peppers sprinkled in yeah, there. Yeah, I could see that. Anyway, I digress. A great big world's Is There Anybody Out There? Yeah. Uh 2014 produced by Dan Romer. Before I talk about this album, when did you discover this album and what got you into this? It was a couple of years after it was released, like 2016, maybe. I think it was either Rockstar or Everyone is Gay. It was one of those two songs that I heard first and was like, what the fuck is this band? Who are they? And then I found out it was this duo. I'm going to call them kids. I don't know how old they actually are. They look really young compared to me. I don't know. I really fell in love with their dynamic, the way they sang with each other and the way that they wrote together. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of, God, I'm going to get crucified for this, of like Queen. Maybe not as epic sounding. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like Queen, but the way that they write, I feel like it's a lot of piano-based writing that then they expand out into these songs. Yeah. There's a very classical feel to it. To me, I really enjoyed... The, the entire sound of everything. Everything's so polished. It's extremely polished. That's for goddamn sure. Yeah. It's funny because this is one of the products to me of what we were talking about with parachutes, mm-hmm. that it ended up being all the death cabs and that sort of thing. But there's a definitely another feature to this album, and that is the fact that it's very much the product of a time that was kind of new age Broadway yeah, uh, very the much sh- theatrical. The show Glee. Yes. Was, I'm guessing was probably big around now. Yep. And yep. I think all that shit sucks. So, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so look, it's just sign of the times, different era, but Rent and Wicked and Glee. Obviously, the production's amazing. And obviously, the structure of the songs and the, the way that they're put together, of, of course, they're going to be good. But this is a combo that I've actually wanted to have with you after we've talked about production because you are so huge into production. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that it's gone overboard. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I know you as the guy that you are founded on bands like fucking Nirvana and Rage Against the Machine and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, do you think, because I personally think that this album is just incredibly overproduced. Do you think that there is such a thing as being overproduced? And do you think that your taste has just changed with time? Or do you just think that you can... And this sounds like a prickish thing, but I don't mean it as such. No. Do you think there it's you can have your cake and eat it too? Ah, do, do you right. understand what I'm asking? It's a little convoluted. So but. Yeah, I, I do. I'm kind of one of the cake and eat it too kind of people, I guess. Like that's kind of where I would put myself. Borderline artificial. Is that kind of where you're, where you're getting? Yes. Yeah, I, I think every producer strives for perfection. And I think that right now we have the tools available to actually attain an unnatural perfection. Do I think that things get overproduced? Yes. To me, the overproduction isn't so much that unnatural quality. That That's like a taste thing, I think. When I say something's overproduced, it's when 
there's things, instruments that don't actually add to the song, things that are distracting. You played that or you put that in there just because you could and not because it has a purpose. Yeah. The overproduction to me has very little to do with the actual production technique. It's like a composer thing. It's a mental thing. Well, like, and I can't tell if it's a product of both these guys went to, to some form of... They're educated. Yes. Some sort yeah. of musical school, some sort of Columbia or something like that where they studied composing and musicianship. A bit of a spoiler. This isn't like a two out of 10 album for me. It's not anything like that because the writing is good and it's there, but it's so... Okay, so Rockstar, for example, it starts with the dun, dun, dun. To me, this is a this is a New York. You talk about LA vibe. To me, this is a New York it vibe. It is, but it's New Age New York. Sinatra's dead. Biggie's dead. Now we get fucking Rent. The Rockstar starts with the and then it goes to the cool funky ba 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 and I've heard that nine million times before in every single musical that's come out since fucking 95 and it drives me fucking nuts. But I don't know, is that just what's good now? Is that the product of the education or is that just what people like now? Because fuck Glee was like the most popular thing that's happened in 20 years. So yeah. Sven, am I just old? I don't know what to tell you. Cause I kind of, I, <laughs> I, I hate to admit this because like the, the some of the storylines and like the melodrama part were fucking horrible, but I, I actually love the music that came out of Glee. Well, you gave me this album and I have to say this every once in a while because it does look, one of the reasons why this podcast works so well is because Sven and I have such different opinions, but I have so much respect for Sven as a musician. So it's kind of one of those things that I don't look at this album that he gave me and be like, fuck, he's such an idiot. What is he doing? I look at this album and I think Sven sees something in this. So I need to look harder. And I think that's a good thing it comes down to i think for me subject subject matter in this case i think speaks volumes over every other measurable qualifier here this is a very uplifting this is this probably speaks more to where i am in my life and what i need more of in my life this is a very positive, uplifting album. Oh, it is. It totally is. Yeah. Every song is yeah. all about like you can do it. Things are great. You can. Yeah. It's like a cheer. It's a cheerleader album. Isn't there I'll, a song called that. like "You Can Do It" or something? This is a uh, "You'll Be Okay." You'll be okay. I mean, there's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a "You'll Be Okay," and I mean, they're, cheer up. There's a lot of those. I, yeah. Just look at the song titles. It's very much that thing. These are two. They're not that much younger than us. They write like they're a lot younger than us, though. When I listen to this, it injects some youth back into me. Maybe that's their market. Mm -hmm. They're creating this, I'm going to guess, for like high schoolers. This came out in 2014. So all the kids that were in high school in 2014. Yeah. And in a weird way, it gives me this shot of youthful vibrance. But also, there's something just simple about it. As much as it's produced and as much as it sounds, quote, perfect, you know, not really I get perfect. What you're saying, but like, because it is very simple in the writing aspect. Yeah. And like I said, all these yeah, the, songs have been. The chords, standards. standards. That's what like, it is. You've heard this so is many this jazz is an standards, album of standards. theater standards. That's exactly it's, what it is. It's Rodgers and Hammerstein, volume 50. It is. It, it totally is. is. But I feel like for decades, that was good enough for so many artists that are so great. I can't shit on a contemporary group for doing the same thing that 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s yeah, of musicians I get were it. doing. But I also think that, and this is just old man, get off my lawn shit, but the writing from back then to compare Rockstar to Singing in the Rain, mm -hmm. to me, it's not comparable. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but that's the new age Broadway, which I don't like. And I'm not saying that the talent in Broadway is disgusting. It's disgusting how fucking talented those people are. The amount that they have to be able to dance and sing and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the song writing very specifically. Yeah. I think because of that, I just, I had a hard time with this album. And this is what threw me off. And I, I am sure that I had heard it before. But then in the very, the, what the fourth song or whatever, they have Say Something. Which, 
They have twice on this album. I actually prefer. Yeah, I prefer it without Christina Aguilera. I don't know why they had to bring Christina Aguilera. Well, I think probably money. Yeah. I'm sure exposure and publicity and like all the they things probably that come got along like with seven having... million more downloads for that song when Christina Aguilera oh, was more than that. If you go look on Spotify, like the two versions say something people came to listen to christina not them which christina aguilera is she has one of the greatest voices i've ever heard so no yeah. whatever against her but, but they didn't come it's... like people weren't listening to great big world no you look at the track listings and you look at the track plays that version of say something people were they came to listen to it as a christina aguilera song not a great big world song but i actually prefer it i prefer it just then. but it's so random it's so random having that song in here. It's yeah. a great song. It's beautiful. It's well-written. I still have a little bit of a problem with his whole super nasally... And say something, it works. But he does. He has that very... I keep saying Broadway, but kind of Broadway-ish. I'm a white guy doing the thing and yeah. saying the thing. I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I know exactly what you're referring to. That is a thing. That's a thing. I totally. They both do. Like, they both sing, and I think they both, you call it, like, the new. Like, that's the new New York sound to me. Yes. And yes, I think there's a lot. There, and, and, there's other albums that I think there's people that that's just where they want to be. Like, to them, like, New York is the thing. You're going to get there. You're going to drop your bags off at an apartment, and, like, everything's going to be great. I think you know what album, life what is, album I'm yeah. talking about here. I do. I think that has its own sound. This fits right into that. They're from there. So I, I get why we're, we're at this point. In the well, discussion. and I also think you gave this to So you didn't give this to me recently. You gave this to me a while back in a group mm-hmm. of albums. I don't want to say you were trying to fuck with me. I think you had a very specific brand that you were trying to send out there. Yeah, yeah. Because you gave me this. You gave me fun. Which to me, those two are very similar in a lot of aspects. Uh-huh. And then we end up talking about Glee. I think this outlines a musical journey that I've been on since we played music yeah. together. I haven't given up anything that I used to love. I've just piled on top of it. Things like this, the pentatonics, and things like these groups that have popped out of different sometimes reality shows or like super mainstream artist discovery outlets that i've been like holy shit things like american idol were so such bullshit and i still kind of do in in that particular case Mm -hmm. but then there's been like these other kind of spinoff shows or other things that i'm like wow you actually have featured things that i think have been missing in mainstream music and this is kind of like down that same avenue. Yeah. Then there's some songs on here that I'm like, this would totally be a song on South Park. <laughs> like, everyone is gay. I wish it was a music video that Trey Parker and Matt Stone did. <laughs> so the message of everyone is gay is just, is it like a who gives a shit? Is I, that I think it's kind of, it, it's it's like love whoever the fuck you want. Like, who, yeah, okay. why are we talking about it? But we're going to make a song about it because apparently everyone's still fucking talking about it. Because that makes sense. And I like that. When I heard it, I was a little confused because I couldn't quite figure out what the fuck they were trying to say. I knew it was something like that. I knew it was something along the lines of, or maybe they're trying to say that it shouldn't matter if, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know. Here's, okay, this is, this is what I'm trying to say. It's not forward thinking at this point to be pro-gay. It's backward thinking at this point to not be pro-gay. Right. So what bubble are you breaking by writing a song of how it's it's okay to be gay? Like, yeah, we already, we already know that. This, this was like seven years ago. Yeah, but I feel like even, like, fuck, when we were in high school, we wrote, not that I'm prejudiced or anything, and that was, we were calling people out for i know but like, like who gives a there were still so many people like, like that's gay yeah that's true like that's how true. many times uh, shit i used it yeah. yeah it's directly a comment on that phrase okay no that makes sense then good i'm glad we had this talk in the end as much as i just shat on this album for like 25 minutes i actually do, i don't hate this album it's well written they do a really good job with their writing everything in this album either some form of musical or Ben Folds did. Ah, you just said the magic name. And did way better. To me, this is like a much less good version of Ben Folds. Nail on the 
fucking head. And <laughs> even if you look at, okay, if you go Google a picture of Ian Axel, one of the members of this duo, it's not a stretch. Ben Folds has to be some sort of a influence. Like the piano playing singer thing. Ben Folds to me has done a lot of the same things in the same avenue of like the Glee thing. I mean, he was a host of the sing-off. Do you not remember the sing-off? Wait, wait, what? Oh my God. They had like three or four seasons. No. Dude. And You ben, just put me in a new dimension. Folds, what the fuck you did? Ben Folds plus, host plus of an acapella. From what the, what boys the fuck to are men? you talking about? Oh my good God. You haven't looked up the sing off okay they had like it was it was a short running show maybe like four seasons do you know the album rock in the suburbs by ben folds yeah i I don't know if they'd ever heard it but this very much was a much worse version of that (laughs) all right should we we go to awards and (laughs) categories the david crosby meh award amazon terrible review one out of five stars from Kathleen Kinney. One. I'm not into his voice. Personally, I found it annoying. After listening to it, it ruined the song with C.A. for me, which uh, she must be on good terms with Christina Aguilera. Cause, and I actually, this is why I actually like this girl. I like Kathleen. Because this is very not Amazon. Check this out. Music is subjective, so try to listen first before you buy. All right. It may or may not be your cup of tea. Definitely not mine. That's true. Music. That is the <laughs> and, most yeah. even kill review you're ever going to get on Amazon, right? Subjective. Influences and influencees. We talked about Ben Folds and Broadway and New York and all that. Fine wine or skunk beer. What do you I, got? I'm, I'm neutral. Yeah. I agree. I think <laughs> it's both. I think it's a fine wine in that I think it's very, like we talk about standards. Standards are standards. They're going to, you can listen to them yeah. at any time. But I don't think that this sets itself apart from other standards. Yeah. Never mind the Bullocks Award. I have no idea. I don't know of any other. I think they only have yeah. one other album. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like to. you haven't listened to it. John Paul Jones Award. Do you have somebody that you think should be on this album? Elton John? That would have been kind of cool. You know what's funny? I'm going up to my notes to something that huh. I didn't say that was in here. Uh-huh. The weird fucking blues thing they're trying with You'll Be Okay, comma. If Elton John had zero soul, this is what you'd get. <laughs> Oh shit! Okay. So Elton John is the perfect. Would have totally John Paul would have totally added. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's kind of the vibe they were going for was like the Elton John, Billy Joel kind of thing. Totally, um, totally. So give them that John Popper Award. Do you have a best hook? Um, yeah, Shorty, don't wait. Because that's the whole song. Like, Shorty, don't wait. Mine is, mine is the Say Something. It's yeah. Say Something is a great song. It is. It's a really pretty song. It's a very, very clear, understandable message that I think everybody has been on both sides of, mm-hmm. thinking that you and somebody else would be, are just a perfect pair, but the other person just can't quite... Participate? It's, yeah. You, yeah, you can just mm-hmm. tell that it's, it's not going to happen. That is a terrible terrible fucking feeling and i think a lot of people can relate to that it's just really well written Mm -hmm. eddie van halen award do you have anything i don't no shreds i don't either a surfer rosa award do you have a feeling of how this album is structured at all it's pretty evenly spread the biggest freaking hit they have one version out on the top one version of it at the end. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't think so either. It's pretty consistent for me. Time of your life award. I think I really want it. Might fall into that worst. The worst. Mine is uh, this is the new year. Okay. It's not memorable. And it's it, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm silent because I'm trying to think of the song. I can't even <laughs> fucking do it right now. And that's how memorable it was. Sven, what are the three best songs on this album? Say Something is my number three. I feel like it has to be somewhere in the top three. Mm -hmm. I prefer the version without Christina. I don't know why I like Everyone is Gay. That's my number two. I I think it's cartoonish rock anthem. Cartoonish. That's a good word for it. It's Gotcha. Yeah. It's like a rock anthem that doesn't take itself too seriously, but 
still has a message. Rockstar was my favorite track, track one. one with really no explanation other than like I just love listening to it. My third is Rockstar. I think it, you know, kind of sets the tone for the whole album and you could listen to that song and kind of get the gist of the whole thing. Number two, Land of Opportunity. It's completely copying Mr. Blue Sky by Yes. Mm. It's basically Mr. Blue Sky. But hey, I love Mr. Blue Sky. So whatever. And then my my number one favorite is Say Something. It's just a really well-written song. Yeah. Who won this album? I am saying the people that love the quote-unquote perfectly produced, <laughs> the, the Broadway, that you got what you wanted. What about you, Sven? I think Christina Aguilera, because she ended up with another notch on her belt for just like making an appearance on for, somebody else's song. Yeah, and not even a crate. Like she didn't really have to do, she just had to be kind of breathy, oh, calm. She, yeah, and sing some harmony parts. And yeah. then like if you look at the views on it, it's freaking like a hundred times more than any other yeah. track, right? Rate the album, Sven. I'm giving this one a six out of ten. I'm going to stick with my ten okay. scale for right now just because I'm drunk enough I can't think of other numbers. <laughs> six seems like a number and correct me if I'm wrong, it's more than halfway. Uh-huh. It's also not like perfect. It's true. I feel like that's where this needs to sit. We're actually very close. I gave this a five out of 10. This is a five out of 10 well-produced shitty musicals. Like I've said, the <laughs> songs are well-structured. They're well-written. It's too good. It's, it's so good. It's fake. And that's the best I can. I don't know. That's it. That's our albums this week. Yeah. Join us next week. For a year in rock dissection, next week we are dissecting 1978, which is a crazy fucking year. 69 was hard. This is not that much easier, I don't think. Sven, it was a joyous occasion getting to do some reviews with you tonight always, always. verse chorus verse.com at verse chorus verse pod that's our instagram that you can check us out on spotify itunes rate and review us please on itunes all the other stuff we're on some other new podcast platform now i can't even keep up i don't even know the fucking name of it so sorry about that hey everybody tell us how wrong we are yeah on instagram messages emails whatever i feel like it's time this becomes a lot more of a discussion yeah. <laughs> let's involve everybody right. yeah thanks everybody we'll see you next time